Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. I'm your co-host, Ralph Velasco, and I'm coming to you from Chicago, where I'm just back from leading a really great group trip to Morocco, and I had an unforgettable scouting trip to Portugal. Unfortunately, Ugo can't be with us this week. Today's guest is a world-traveling blogger, winner of several awards from the North American Travel Journalists Association, and professional actress Juliana Dever. Juliana and I have known each other for several years now, and she's got a very interesting backstory, which we'll get to in just a bit. Because Juliana and I are traveling quite a bit for our jobs, it took us quite a while to arrange a time that was good for both of us, but here we are. I'm good. I am uh, in Los Angeles. It's uh, the elusive Los Angeles where I live, but rarely see. <laughs> yeah, you're spending a lot more time on the road these days than you are at home. Is that right? It feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get too much further, why don't you tell us about your very interesting background and uh, how you decided to add world traveler and travel photographer to your already very impressive resume as a working actress in Hollywood? Well, <laughs> I feel like I have so much to live up to now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I always wanted to be an actor. And it's funny because kind of on that same exact path, I always wanted to be a world traveler. So, um, like Judy Garland was my avatar, if that makes any sense. Like when I saw her in The Wizard of Oz, I was like, I want to go around the world. I mean, not that I've ever been to Oz, but yeah. uh, you know, I was <laughs> it's like, it's on your list, though, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, I want to. And then when she when she did uh, meet me in St. Louis about the World's Fair, and I'm from St. Louis, and mm. she's like, Wow, the world! It's amazing, and. Yeah, so it was like always those two things together, like I can act and travel. So um, it took a really long time for me to even get off the ground because uh, I, my first uh, flight wasn't until I was 18. Wow. <laughs> so, and I worked for the airline, in fact. So that's how I actually got that, that first plane ride. Um, but yeah, I dreamt about it my whole life. And then when I finally moved to California, I pursued acting. And um, it's always a wild road uh hollywood but uh, i was very lucky to be on the show castle for eight years and um you know for any of your listeners who watched it uh they'll remember that there was castle and beckett and then esposito and ryan and i played ryan's wife and it was just an absolute blast but um you know once you get out there and you start traveling it's just so it's really hard to stay on the ground <laughs> it's really hard to stay in one place so I, uh, I traveled so much, I decided that I wanted to share that with other people, and that's how the blog got born. Got born? Okay. Was born. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because uh, I always say that I, I always knew that I wanted to make a living from travel and photography, but I always thought that the likelihood of being able to do so was about as likely as my becoming a rock star or an actor. And uh, here you are, and you've done both now. 
Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so difficult, you know, and this, I'm talking 20, 30 years ago, uh, before social media, the internet, and, and all these other ways that supposedly make it easier for us to travel as much as we do and to have followings and things like that. But um, <clears throat> now I do think it is easier to make a living from travel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that, that I always joke about. Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody asked me recently, they were like, well, you know, maybe you can talk about your path to, you know, how you get to travel so much and, you know, maybe how other people can do it. I'm like, okay, so become an actor, <laughs> get on a TV show, uh, and then maybe you can make enough money to afford to go somewhere. Like, that's not a, it's really not, that's not a simple one, two, three. You can make enough money to not make any money traveling, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's great. Um, so you're originally from St. Louis, okay? So yeah. Midwesterner. I'm from Chicago. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so you know, with your travels now, uh, you're starting to do tours, right? You're starting to lead some tours, or, or do uh, do they have a focus on photography? Um, you know what? It's a I'm dipping my toe in the pool, I would say, and it's funny because I never thought about it before. However, uh, last May, I went to the country of Georgia, and uh, I, I met a, a fellow American who lives in Portugal, and he runs a, a tour company for Portugal, and he's like, how great would it be if we worked together and you helped, like, you did tours with me to Portugal? And I was like, I could do tours? I didn't even think about that. And uh, so I said, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's think about that. And then I'm like, but first, Georgia. So, uh, yeah, I went back in uh, the beginning of April, and I spent uh, several weeks kind of scouting, going to other places I hadn't been, and, and uh, I really, really want to take people to Georgia, because it's just a country that's so close to my heart, and it's, um, it's kind of, it's just personal. So, for me, it's um, not necessarily a focus on photography, uh, but Georgia is exceedingly photogenic with all their hilltop uh, monasteries and the Caucasus Mountains and so um, so it's definitely something that I'm mindful of even if I'm not going to be teaching people how to photograph anything I, you know like I, I know how much it's important for people to get some of those shots and so it's always like okay well let's let's get here let's stop here so uh, you know I do keep that stuff in mind but yeah, I'm excited to try it. It's a grand experiment. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. Uh, so t tell us a little bit about your approach to, to travel photography and when you're in these amazing places that you go to around the world. Uh, uh, and we're going to talk about Georgia specifically in just a bit, but uh, do you have a particular approach to travel photography? <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's so funny because it never really... You know, I never really think of myself as a as a photographer, photographer, even though I have like a ridiculous amount of gear now. And then I won a photography award from the uh, North American Travelist Travel Journalist Association. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I guess maybe I'm decent at this. Um, but you know, like my approach has always, uh, you know, at first it was landscape and architecture, maybe because it's not a moving target. Um, <laughs> but I was always so drawn in by how beautiful the, the planet was. And and uh, so I started there. And it's it's so much of like, be curious, like, because then it as I started the blog, it became more about the story. And you know, what, what story 
am I telling? What do I want to bring back? What do I want other people to feel? Or, you know, so I, I start to kind of put those shot lists together in my head a little bit. And I've moved from, and while I still get a lot of landscape, I've moved to um, photographing people a little bit more. And that's always more of a, it's so, when you first start, it's so hard. You're like, can I take your picture? And you're really timid. And, and then you realize, well, no, I've got to tell a story here. So my approach has changed, but it's always about being curious and it's always about telling a story. Yeah, I call that the ABCs of photography. Always be curious. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I, I think most people probably take that path. I, I wonder how many people actually really come out of the gate uh, photographing people, you know, that that's their mm. thing, that they're comfortable with it. I just don't think it happens. I think the the majority of us, including myself, you know, you start out landscapes, you know, mm. plates of food, monuments, <laughs> <laughs> things that aren't going to say no or, or, or blink or talk back yeah. at you. <laughs> or get and, all awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, don't pose. No, don't pose. <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, let's talk about that because uh, it for me, when it comes to photographing people, and I'm, and I'm much better at this now just because I've been doing this for quite a while, uh, it's to me it was about not wanting to sort of impose myself on people, uh, especially uh, I love markets and I think most of us do, but you've got people that are working and you know, you've got this wonderful colorful display in front of them or something that you want to photograph. And I feel like I'm, uh, I'm interrupting their business maybe a little bit, even if there's no one around, you know, uh, so that's kind of uh, how I feel. And so I, I tend to shoot very quickly and and some you know you make mistakes when you do that and um, I, I still tend to do that but I'm better at it and I talk about people making sure that their settings are right for those conditions testing it a little bit away from the person maybe the same lighting conditions but then uh, being very quick to shoot not sitting there fumbling around for settings while they're waiting for you do you kind of feel right. the same yeah yeah absolutely I uh and I was so mindful of it this time I found in Georgia because we, we stopped at a couple really cool markets. And again, it's there's so many characters and so colorful. And, and I found I wanted to, to get the shot of these women. And yeah, it's one of those things where I have been thinking like, oh, you better get this setting. Because I remember I tried it once and I, I, I had it on like too low of a or, or too slow of a shutter speed. And you don't think about that until you're in that, you know, in that moment and people are blurry. And so... It's, it's such a, it is a challenge, you know, it's like sometimes I'll even just throw it on P real quick because <laughs> I'm like, I want to catch the moment. I can probably fix something in Lightroom if I have to, but I want to catch the, that moment, you know, and yeah. sometimes I might steal a shot, but not if it's like of a person, like maybe if it's just a big over, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Does that answer it? Sometimes I trail off as I get lost in the me being standing, me standing there in that, uh, market yeah and no, I, I could picture that uh, and and I also talked to my students about this when we're on a trip is uh, again making sure that your settings are right for those conditions because like you say maybe uh, you're out early in the morning and the evening before you were doing a night shoot and you've got your your camera with very different settings and mm -hmm. so you've got a you know a 30 second shutter speed or whatever you're on shutter priority and now 
everything's going to be screwed up when you're in these different conditions. So just simply going over the camera very quickly takes me not even 60 seconds, make sure my, sec my settings are right for those conditions, and now all I have to do is point and shoot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's what I do. Now, um, you know, with all this photography that you're capturing around the world, I mean, you're going to, to Mongolia and Georgia, all over Europe, and uh, some really wonderful places. What are you doing with your photography? Uh, anything? Are you selling it? Are you using it for marketing your trips, your blog, all of the above? Yeah, a D, all of the above, actually. <laughs> um, you know, and the, the, the selling it is such a relatively new thing. Um, for so long on social media, my followers just, can we buy it? Can we? Yeah, and I've never thought about it, and I didn't even want to. It was just another aspect. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I'm so busy that to think about setting up some kind of store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it was you. a really, really long time coming. And uh, once I got back, so I did a month-long trip in South America in October, and I went to Argentina uh, and uh, Chile. And I was up in the north, up in the, um, um, oh my goodness, it's completely skipped my mind, because <laughs> I'm thinking of the Caucasus Mountains, but the... Uh, Andes or the Salt? Thank you, yes, Salta. the Andes. <laughs> it's, you know when you travel this much, your brain just oh, yeah. can't keep it all in anymore. Totally, it's, just, yep. it fi it's in the filing cabinet and it hands you the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was in the, the Andes, like high up, um, and it was astounding to me like I it is it's another one of those regions that's just otherworldly and when I came back I I was hoping that I had captured some of these salt flats and some of the the Pachamamas and the color and and uh, I was I was like yeah this looks pretty good and then someone said why don't you put it up on smug mug and so I actually set aside a day <laughs> and I figured it out and I put it all up but in truth I haven't really told anybody about it yet uh, but I've got my first batch of photos over there that are available for purchase or even to just um, send yourself a postcard because sometimes, uh, you know, we it's not as always easy to do that any longer. So it's kind of fun that, you know, somebody could just send themselves a postcard or get a real print. Um, so, yes, that's the uh, the purchase <laughs> aspect. And then um, I do use it for marketing. Obviously, it's uh, with this Georgia trip, I've been using a lot of that photography to kind of get everybody primed and excited about the possibility of going there and you know it is just it's just non-stop beautiful so and and of course for my blog um because i it, people want to i think people are so visual now that it, it sometimes i'm like i don't even know why i'm writing anything anymore i'm <laughs> just do video and photo and and forget all of that but yeah so it's all there does, how, does the writing part come easy for you or is that difficult Ugh, no, it's so hard. It? <laughs> it's too. so hard. If, I, if someone said, be like, hey, Ralph, you know what? I just wake up and I write for 15 minutes and it's an award-winning piece. I'd be like, liar. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. No, um, it's, you know what? And I'm, I, I'm, I'm relatively good at it, um, but it's painful. It's yeah. really painful. I, um it takes me days and that that's why I'm starting to consider I'm like because a lot of the stuff that on my blog are, are long form humorous essays travel stories things that are 15 to 2500 words you know that might be a 15 minute 20 minute read and I enjoy telling the story and you know I I've trained to write with some fantastic travel writers and 
learned a lot and I'll always be a student, but I think the things that I put out are, are crafted. And then I'm like, who's reading this? Like, why, why am I putting, why did I take four days to write that? <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to try to figure out. <laughs> yeah. And, and your, your blog, which we'll certainly put a, a link to is uh, very chock full of a lot of information, a lot of really nice blog posts, uh, a lot of content. And so I can totally appreciate the amount of work that you're putting in. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of have left my blog go to the wayside and I just don't update it anymore because I was kind of the same. I mean, it would take me four hours to do a simple picture with 200 words. You know, by the time you do all the back end stuff and everything, yeah. I mean, it was like, oh my God. So, and, and then when I think about it, um, I, I don't like to read really long uh, articles or blog posts. And so I started splitting things up into maybe two or three or four parts and, you know, maybe 500 words each with a couple mm -hmm. pictures. It, it, it still takes about the same amount of time, but then you've got four blog posts instead of one long one that uh, I'm not sure how much people are reading that long format. Yeah, right? I mean, it makes me sad because, yeah. you know, I will, uh, and I know I have the same tendency, like every once in a while I'll read a story that just grabs me and I do find myself reading the whole thing, but a lot of times I'll skim things and I'm like, wait, I'm putting so much effort yeah. into being, like, making people feel like they're there and, and, and you know, is it for me? No, I don't think so. So maybe it's time to kind of pivot. Um, and I know that every time, you know, there's often on my Facebook site, um, I'll do live Facebook live travel Tuesday because people always have so many travel questions. And, and I, I just, I, I, I sincerely don't have the time to sit down and answer all of them. So I'll put time aside. And I realize that most of the time people just want like quick hits. And, and so, and, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of listicles, and yet, if I'm going somewhere, that's the first thing I'll do. Yeah, it's like, uh, what to do in Juno? <laughs> like, I'm not looking for like a, a entertainment. I'm looking for facts, and so I started um, doing a lot more of that as well. You know, the idea of um, if it's a foreign country, giving what you know, making an infographic so they can look really quick. What's the tipping? What's the cost? What are the customs? Mm -hmm. you, you know, and then or, or maybe it's a photo post or. I do still like to do interviews, though, um, and I think that's kind of ancillary to photography in a way because, you know, you meet somebody on the road and to tell their story, and so it, and it's easier because you have a set set of questions, and and then you get a taste like that's bringing something very personal home. It's a human connection, and so you've got like some really lovely photos of this person, and you get a little bit of a glimpse into their life on the other side of the planet, and so I think that's something that I'll still feature. But I don't know. The you may be hearing it here first. The long form uh, travel essay may not be making many appearances on Clever Dever or wherever in the future. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, video certainly comes in really handy for interviews, right? Do you do any uh, video interviews? Um, you know, I I on my Instagram stories I do, um, and I think that's always fun for my uh, followers there because. It's not, you know, like I won't just do some some POV stuff or a point of view. I'll do a lot of um, me talking directly to everyone that's following me so they feel a little bit more personal. And if I ever have the chance, I grab people. When I was in Georgia, 
I, I was really fortunate to be at someone's home while they were making food. And so I'm like, okay, everybody. So, you know, this is Sopo. And Sopo, tell us a little bit about what you do. And I think those, you know, 15 second snippets, you know, and maybe you do three or four of them in a row. It's enough. You know, people get to see what someone in another country like looks like and talks like and what their home is like. And it's, a, it's enough to kind of give them that the satisfaction of their, satisfying their curiosity, but also like, um, oh, well, they're just like me. <laughs> Maybe I want to go there, you know, so that's when I enjoy doing it. Yeah, I, I think video, uh, you know, it's just obvious that it's sort of taking over almost everything. And it, and it certainly does seem easier, except for the editing part. If you do start getting into having to edit, that that mm. could be a real pain. But doing these, because uh, that's what I'm doing, is like short one, two-minute clips, just like no... Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'll do several takes, but I won't do any editing once I get the take that I want to use, and and that's kind of it. And I I think we've uh, for good for better or for worse we've lowered our expectations when it comes to video. It doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, uh, you know, like it does in in your other industry. <laughs> I know, and I have to say, it's painful. Uh, um, sure, it's yeah. Uh, tell me, talk about that because I think that's really interesting. Here's a professional actress used to getting it exactly right every time, and now you're doing video. Talk to talk to us about that. Yeah, it's uh, well for the longest time I just wouldn't because I, as someone I, I'm also as a producer, I um, and I, I produced this really fantastic fun uh vr piece and 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 you have to think about when you're shooting in virtual reality like you have to have things a certain way but even more so on something like the set of castle you know you've got 300 people you've got electricians and you've got the light the lighting guys and they've got four different kinds of diffusers and bouncers and bounces and you've got your mic'd and and so for the longest time like i'd see people just do quickie youtube vlogs and i'm like i can't do that like i can't hold this phone sideways and you know where's the sound guy like where's the where's, the <laughs> where's my guy? crew <laughs> like i'm just trained to do this correctly like don't you do it right or don't do it at all and then you realize like in an age of having such pristine technology we've like just thrown it to the wayside to be like just show me something on your phone <laughs> and you're like it's like oh it took a little while for me to get over how how painful <laughs> it was for it to be okay to just be you know a bit slapdash um <laughs> and, and but the result is yeah, I don't want to edit and I'm at a place where you know there's only so much budget to go around and uh, I, I, I know how much quality editors are worth and it's not in the not in the budget at the moment mm. and so what does that leave you with Facebook live exactly. <laughs> where you don't have to edit a thing <laughs> and uh, that's actually uh, my my uh, one of my best friends who is a a, a fellow actress uh, and and a lot of viewers on either my Instagram or my Facebook will recognize her from different adventures around the world. Um, she and I did a, a cruise in in January, and uh, we started just on a lark doing the um, cruise update because neither one of us have ever been on a cruise, and it was 15 days. Whoa! Oh my gosh. <laughs> She won it on the Price is Right, so of course uh, we had to go. That's funny. And uh, so we decided just let's just check in, let's just go live. And it was uh, there was no structure in terms of like when people knew when to check in. But it, it turned out that 
everyone was enjoying it so much and they were enjoying our dynamic and we've worked really well together for years so we decided to uh, start a new Facebook live show where we're traveling <laughs> you're, you're gonna appreciate this Ralph but we are traveling um, from we're gonna start in Slovenia and we're gonna end in the Netherlands and in between we have five days and a year rail pass and no agenda and every day we check in and we ask the audience where we're going next and they have to vote <laughs> and then we we go to sleep we wake up and we're like okay so this country got the most votes and then we've just got to find a train and find a hotel <laughs> it's gonna be the the coolest most fun thing I've ever done or it's gonna be the <laughs> stupidest thing we'll see <laughs> but um it's fun because, in effect, you're doing a, you know, we're doing a live show. We're, you know, we're we're doing a show every week leading up to it, and then we leave uh, in July. And it's a great way to connect with all of your audience and your viewers and your friends and have them participate yeah, in traveling get them involved, in a way. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. for some people, they're like, "Well, I've never been to these places, so I don't know what to vote." I'm like, "Well, you're free to just pick something or." Google it, and people are like researching now, and they're like, "Oh, I want you to go see this." And so, so are you giving them? Are you giving them like five potential spots that are sort of on your route that are, are choices, right, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. So we we started with you know like what's feasible between those two countries, yeah. and uh, and that was thirteen countries, and uh, this uh, this Thursday's episode is the first elimination round where seven countries are going goodbye, <laughs> and then from there we've got you know everyone's going to vote like are we going here or here, and once we get live. It really is like, okay, you voted for us. Like, uh, I'll just pick, like, you wanted us to go to France. And so now our next step is, are we heading to Spain or are we heading to, you know, like anything that's in a, a, a day's train right away. Yeah. And so it'll be like maybe three options. <clears throat> and then we'll see in the morning. <laughs> and then we'll pick three new options when we get to the next place. And uh, we just have to end up in the Netherlands. That's the, so we just got to keep heading northwest. So with uh, with all this participation and everyone telling you what to do, it still sounds like a lot of work because <laughs> you have to give them all the options, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have a planning meeting yesterday, and we're like, okay, you know, well, we did. We, we first we had to figure out what thirteen countries we could even go to, yeah. and from there it was like, okay, we started looking up train like distances and hours, and we're like, you know what, we can't make it from here to here so we can't that's not feasible so yeah there's a lot of logistical work that goes into ahead of time and then there's also the marketing work just to you know making sure you've got your social media posts up and letting people know and but there's no editing and that's what I'm really proud <laughs> I'm really happy about <laughs> it's like you do it and it's done then you're you know you you go on so mm. It's it's a fun uh, diversion, I guess. Yeah, that that sounds like a great idea, and I um uh, sounds like you're obviously going to be doing a, a lot of video along the way and uh, photography too, I imagine, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so you know, there'll be the the standard Instagram stories type stuff. But I, I've uh, I've been using a GoPro lately. Have you have you worked with it much? I did, and uh, you know, probably uh, up to maybe two three years ago, and I haven't used it much anymore at all. To be honest with you, how are you using it? Well, you know, here's what I like about it. Because again, I had I had one a long time ago, and I used it a little bit. But then I was like, well, I don't know what to do with all these video clips. Like, uh. <laughs> and then. 
Well, they started something called Quick Stories. It's an app on your phone, much like how you, you know, like I have a Canon, I use a, I shoot on a 6D, and, you know, I'll pull photos from that to my phone maybe to upload quickly. Sure. But now that they have this app, this I love this. Like I, as long as I'm smart and don't take too many clips, because that's when you get in the weeds when you have too many options, um, and you can go through and just like pull them out, and they're you know ten fifteen seconds, and it goes into the app, and then like you maybe picked your favorite, and then you just pick a style, and it just edits the whole thing for you, like. It puts the music, like you can pick music if you want, but it goes off the, I did one for Japan, which I haven't published yet for my trip in Japan in November, and somehow it knew I was in Japan and picked music that sounded slightly Japanese, <laughs> and it, it expands and, and contracts like even a clip, and you can tell it not to, but it just, I was like, ah, make it two minutes, and it just did the whole thing. I was like, I'm like, I could edit if it was, if this is, if this is editing. And so it made me excited all over again because at first, yeah, when I had one a long time ago, I didn't know what to do with it, but that, that was so much fun and easy. It was the easiest thing I've ever edited. Are you, are you uh, an iPhone user? I am. Yes. Because if, have you heard of the memories capability in the photos app? You know what? I, I've heard of it because it suddenly sends me like a whole video. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like furry friends. And there's my dogs. And I'm like, well, yeah. That was and, and that's, it sounds very similar to what you're doing. And I've gotten away from the GoPro because now my iPhone does so much. Uh, yeah. You know, the HD video, um, it does the time lapses, which I was using my GoPro almost exclusively for time lapses yeah, towards the end. Fun. But now mm. with the iPhone, it does it just as beautifully and it's built right in, you know, you've got an automatic time lapse uh, that gets created. But the the memories feature on the iPhone is incredible and it does something similar, it sounds like, the, to the GoPro app where it will take clips from a certain period of time or a certain location. You can add or take away clips. Uh, you can shorten the, uh, you know, it'll take stills, but also videos. It'll take certain parts of videos that you can then expand or take away. Oh, same thing, yeah. It's really fantastic. And you, like, I haven't looked into that at all because Check it just sends it, it to me and I'm like, who? Who told you to send this to me? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, did I ask you to create this video? Where did this come from? But I, I, I kind of thought it was just something fun. It did. I don't know to, to be nice. I <laughs> like, like, because yeah. you know our phones are like our friends now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, he thinks, but I didn't know it was anything I could do. So you ought to check it out because it's very customizable. Yeah, you can change the titles, uh, the music. There's, it's a limited amount of music. It doesn't pick something from the destination like it sounds maybe the GoPro app does that's that's really cool yeah. um, but uh, I just love it and within you know 30 minutes or half hour goofing or 30 minutes or half hour right uh, 30 minutes <laughs> or one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 30 or 60 minutes you know I've got a complete video that I can then share anywhere and it really gives people a taste for uh, whatever it is I'm trying to give them which it's, it's just such a time saver I can't believe it does it <clears throat> Does it I, I, does it put it all into a, a horizontal, like a landscape format, or does it will it do vertical portrait as I well? I think it will do vertical as well, and I think you can oh, tell okay. it to flip things if you want. Uh, I tend to shoot uh, 99% of video horizontally, but I know that some some apps today are wanting you to shoot vertically. 
but um, yeah, I know for Facebook actually there was a study not that long ago that people that you get more engagement and more views if your if your video is portrait, which again right. painful for someone who oh, works totally, in right? <laughs> I'm like, stop. But you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Throw everything you know out the window, Juliana. <laughs> I don't Wow, that's great. So, um, as you know, we'd like to ask our guests about a particular destination that they're familiar with. And I'm heading to Tbilisi, Georgia, in a few months to do some scouting uh, there and Armenia. Uh, and I know that you were just in Georgia as well. Um, so I wanted to ask you to talk about Georgia. You know, it seems to be an up-and-coming destination. It's, it's on my radar. I, I'm hearing about it more and more. Uh, you know, would you agree? And can you put it on a map for us? And, you know, why should people go to Georgia? Yeah, so uh, just to uh, give it some geographical context, it's, it is a, on the Black Sea, and it's just it shares a southern border with Russia and uh, or I'm sorry a northern border it's south of Russia and then uh, Turkey is kind of you know comes around the sea and Turkey is in the south and also Armenia is just a little south mm-hmm. and Azerbaijan but that just confuses people because no one knows where that is <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so it's uh, it, it's over there um, it, it's kind of Eurasia and I've I've, I've asked. I asked somebody in Tbilisi not that long ago, do you consider yourself European or Asian? And they say, we consider uh, Tbilisi European and the rest of the country Asian. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. It's, uh, and, yeah, it very much is up and coming. You see it. I, I think it, it's – although I still almost without exception have to tell people the country, not the state. Yeah. Because whenever I say I'm, <laughs> I'm going to Georgia, I start getting, like, recommendations for restaurants in Atlanta. Yeah. And, I'm, <laughs> and so – you know, you really, it, it's its something that for anyone who's a traveler, I think it's definitely on the list. For people who are maybe not as avid of traveler, they're, they're like, where? Weren't they, didn't they have a conflict with Russia? What? I don't understand. So, um, yeah, but for all of us with the travel bug, it is like, go there now. <laughs> um, and why should you visit? Um, so uh, just a, a little background about why I visited Um I so I lived in Russia in 2005. I lived in Moscow. I was going there uh, to the Moscow Art Theater for acting school, and um, my husband uh, Seamus Dever, who was also on Castle for people who uh, who are familiar with him, he went to Moscow Art Theater before me back in. Uh, the late 90s and he was like okay when you get to Moscow you have to go to this Georgian restaurant and I was like no idea and I went there and I was like blown away the food was amazing and and I never forgot it and and LA is unfortunately in all of its diversity does not really have a Georgian restaurant there's it's not you know, you might get a dish here or there if you go to an Armenian restaurant but it's just not the same and so then I pined for it for years and then I went back in 2008 to live in St. Petersburg, Russia, and uh, I was studying the language and trying to become um, fluent in Russian, uh, which I'm not, so don't... <laughs> don't <laughs> I won't test you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can say, I can still remember some, but it's a, it's a challenging language. Um, but I was there for a little while, and all I did was go to Georgian restaurants. So, so basically what I'm saying is since 2005, my dream was to go to Georgia and eat their food. And that was all I really knew about it, and that's all that mattered to me. But I 
desperately wanted to go. And then um, after I started travel blogging and really exploring the world, I met a woman at a uh, at the World Travel Market in London, which is a conference that a lot of uh, travelers travelers will go to. And uh, I targeted her. I was like, because she was from a company called Taste Georgia, and I'm like, I want to. <laughs> when can I? <laughs> and uh, we kept in touch, and uh, fortunately, well, really for both of us, uh, because we uh, started a friendship, and she was able to organize for um, for the country to bring me over. Um, and so my first one was kind of a a press trip, and um, it it was just it was it was everything I thought it would be, but so much more it exceeded my expectations far more than uh, you know it was just one of those places where it just touches you it kind of like if you're inclined to enjoy a place like Georgia it will stick with you and you'll just have to keep going back it's it's a mixture of the food is just truly incredible um and and it's um Sarah uh my friend from Taste Georgia says that um you know like the Russians think of Georgia like a lot of people think of Italy it's you know it's the sun and the wine and the you know the friendly people it's it's it it's really got that going for it and they have a hospitality they're really high on the list of like countries that are very hospitable they they consider guests an honor and they want to give you they want to create a a feast for you so you're welcome and everyone's home and and everybody and they they've got everyone makes wine <laughs> so there's wine it's it's an 8000 year unbroken chain of winemaking it, it's their cultural heritage mm. when you come into Tbilisi you will see this in a few months but there's this mother georgia on top of the hill of old Tbilisi and she's got a goblet in one hand and a sword in another and it's it's kind of like if you are a guest you know come share with us it, but if you're coming for you know with any kind of nefarious intention you better think twice because we're Georgian (laughs) (laughs) we don't suffer it so it's it's you're just yeah it's a magical place (laughs) yeah I I can't wait to go I mean what what kind of uh, photography subjects can I look forward to different types of photography what what is there to shoot there um I mean, just right off the bat, and I know this kind of goes back to like the beginning of but the but the food and the wine <laughs> <laughs> truly are there it's just it's rustic and yet artful. It's so beautiful. and um, and I think that's why I love it so much. It's not it, it is rustic, you know, it, it's it, so when you're looking at these plates of food, it's not like you're gonna have like some high gourmand thing, but it's all just made with love and some of the best vegetables you'll ever have and then you know landscapes again there's just no getting around it in Georgia like that Caucasus the Caucasus mountains they're so dramatic and then there's these beautiful villages and and there's a just a gorgeous contrast of like the old and the new so you're definitely those are definitely two big ones um the the people are typically open to being photographed although again I you know I always ask and some people there there are a few people who are like oh no but most people are rather happy you know to be photographed and and they again they can they can be such characters like sometimes they'll wear their like traditional dress and, and it's just like it's just vivid reds and it's 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 beautiful it's yeah so markets those kinds of things as well 
And uh, the, so the people are fairly open to being photographed, you say. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's good. <clears throat> and uh, the the markets did did you get all over the country? Do you have a do you have a sense for the size of the country compared to say a U.S. state by chance? Oh, uh, or another I country? Have, uh, yeah, no, I'm like I I'm trying to think about something that would be. I could have, I should have uh, looked this up. Um, I didn't think about asking you that. Yeah, or, or another country, was, another country that might be similar in size. I'm just trying to get a feel for how yeah. big it is. What if I said Ireland? Okay. <laughs> I you believe you because I, I don't know. <laughs> it might be a little larger than Ireland okay. because I know like I drove from Belfast to Cork in five hours and that's, <laughs> that's like across, diagonally across the entire country. Hmm. However, it, so it's probably a little bit bigger than that, but you know, I I drove around a significant amount of Georgia in three weeks. Like I, it's not the greatest distances. If you started in Tbilisi, which is in the a little bit southern southeastern part, you can get all the way to the sea in probably six eight hours. I know there's a Georgian that's like, no, it's this, but <laughs> it's not. It, it's compact. It's you know, it's not too. It's not too hard to get around. How are the roads? Speaking of getting around, they're good. They okay. uh, they have good roads. Yeah, especially. I mean, a lot of them will be two lane, mm -hmm. but you know, like immediately my mind goes to Mongolia and where there were no roads. So anything, anything that is an actual road is like yay. Um, but it's a lot of um, you know, if you're familiar with driving in like say Poland. Um, you know, like probably I don't know. Uh, I don't. I know you go to Romania a lot. I don't know how mm -hmm. that compares. But like you know, those two lane roads where yeah. you're kind of constantly, it gets a little tiring because you're passing. But um, but there's good roads. Yeah. 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 So they've got a good tourist infrastructure. Did you see many other tourists there? Um, I would not say they have a good tourist infrastructure yet because I think they're only just now realizing that um, this is something that the world wants to come see. So um, I think before that it was kind of maybe set up for Russians, um, maybe Turkish, Iranians, like people that are nearby. But once they realized they were on a global stage, I think it's something you're going to see change um, in the next 10 years. So the but hotels and things are not... Just maybe starting. Just, just start. starting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even from last year to this year. So it was a year between my two visits and I... and. Uh, there's some new, some new really nice, beautiful hotels. Of course, in Tbilisi, it's a city. It's a European city. It's beautiful, but it's still, it's all new. It's new and developing. So you're at the, you're at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so I got that to look forward to. Yeah. So as we uh, start to close things off here, uh, can you give our listeners a couple of your top photography tips? Oh, wow. <laughs> Top photography tips. Um, you know, one thing that I've been enjoying <laughs> is the burst mode. Um, you know, when you're grabbing like action, it, there's nothing more disappointing than taking photos and realizing that you didn't quite get the shot. But if you're in burst when it's moving, I like I've been using that a little bit more. And I'm really excited that you're like, oh, that wasn't the one, but this one is. So that's a big one for me. Um, so if we could just 
explore that a little bit. So burst when you're choosing like five, seven, or nine shots where you hit that shutter button one time and it just takes a burst of shots so that you get this like little window of time and people are moving and you might get, you know, someone blinking if you were to take just one shot, right? Exactly. <clears throat> and you know, and it's on your iPhone as well because yeah. there's there's been some trips where I really just bring my iPhone. <laughs> so it's, and sometimes I regret that because there's something amazing, but on either your camera or your iPhone, yeah, it's, it's incredible what you get when you burst because you get you usually get that perfect shot, especially if the subject is jumping, which seems to be something everyone likes to do these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that can be really good. Uh, I've I use that a lot in Cuba when I've got a really nice background and you've got these great cars and you want to show them moving down the street or something, and you just kind of get them in that perfect spot. Otherwise, I, I mean, I always talk about photography uh you know good travel photography is about timing and anticipation and especially when you're starting out it's very difficult to to really know what that decisive moment's going to be and uh and it's often just uh, you know 500th of a second mm-hmm. is the perfect shot and uh you know hardly any of us can do that so that burst mode's a, it's a good one uh what else what what other kind of tips or things are you finding out uh, with your camera or otherwise for that would help our our listeners with their photography. I mean I don't I feel like your listeners might be a lot like in the same path. I don't know, like if they're, especially they're photography students. Uh, I always feel like I'm, I have felt like a beginner for the last eight years. So <laughs> it's always, uh, you know, giving tips is funny because I'm just thinking about like, what am I learning right now? And, um, you know, some of it is, is really like, like you said, that timing and anticipation, especially if you're like doing wildlife, um, and uh, you know what I do what I try to do now and again this is because I think in story is is what what story do I want to tell and so I'll sometimes think of a little bit of a shot list in my head um, because sometimes those photos are so much more fun to post because it's already telling it and then you can add a little bit so if I, you know if I'm going to a market I might think okay like I'll probably want to you know show a day in the life of someone so maybe I'll get a vendor and then I'll make sure to get you know the stand and then maybe some of the crowd in a blurry shot you know so that it just like has life and so sometimes if you think about where you're going and what story you want to tell it reminds you to get the shots you might otherwise forget you know does that make sense yeah no and is is that something that uh, maybe harkens back to your acting career telling that story I think so I mean yeah, yeah you're a storyteller either way right yeah. whether you're in front or behind the camera in both of those instances so mm-hmm. um, because there would be times when I would like just you know when you're just walking around Paris and you're like oh Eiffel Tower oh Arc de Triomphe and then later you're like well that's the same you know 20,000 people have that shot but you know what is what would be more fun what would be more interesting what story could I tell like you know so you just start to think that way because there you know when you some and maybe it's because I'm telling stories when I come home and I'm like oh I wish I would have taken that shot so I just like to put a little thought into where am I going today what am I going to see is there an angle that I want to think about and then kind of try to make sure I have that you know, it's a really good point because uh, I am starting to do more video, and it's simply video with my iPhone. And now that I can use these memories in the iPhone that we talked about earlier, I, I'm 
I'm really even more starting to think about telling the story. Uh, I mean, a, as photographers, we are storytellers, but videographers as well. And so um, I was just in Portugal doing some scouting. I wanted to do one of these memories. And so uh, I'm standing there waiting for the train. So, of course, I'm going to want to get that train pulling into the station. Just mm-hmm. a little two or three second clip. I'm going to want to show uh, a picture of the sign of the city you know, that I'm in or the town that I'm in waiting for that train. A few people waiting for the train as well. And, and just these, it's like B-roll. You know, it's, it's, it's all, that's what it's, I was just going to yeah, say. It's like, you've got to grab that B-roll. And if, if yeah. you're, you know, familiar with that concept of, mm-hmm. you know, explain it, that. It's a uh, yeah. So like, let's let's take if you're watching a, a crime procedural, for instance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Um, but you know, you see, you you. you it's it's always seamless until you start paying attention and breaking it down and you realize like there's a wide shot of everybody in the station and then it cuts to two people like really did you catch her maybe I should check the bank account (laughs) and then maybe you know they come in with that and they'll cut too and you realize it's just somebody's hand with a close-up on a bank statement and then it goes back to them talking you don't realize like you're like oh that was all just there no you really have to plan like the b-roll is that hand with the bank statement it's that little cutaway it's that it's that that place you want everyone's attention to focus for a moment because it's moving the story forward and so I try to think about that like I did a story uh in Hungary about um a man a a Christian man who's been taking care of this uh Jewish synagogue for uh what 70 years now um after his friends were taken away uh in the Holocaust when he was seven and when I was there, he, you know, he didn't speak any English, and uh, I was trying to get it really quick. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm going to want a cutaway of, and this is all just still photography, but I'm going to want a cutaway of this board with the names of everyone from this town who, you know, didn't that that was taken to the concentration camp. I'm going to want not just one big establishing shot, but well, here's this big, you know, old key, and I, you know, I had him hold it out in his hand, and I remembered to grab that shot, and you know, so you, you think about. Like if you're going to tell a story or even if you're going to put a photo album together or a nice little Facebook album or some Instagram shots, sometimes those close ups and those little, you know, those little things are what tell the story in detail. And you don't want to miss that. Yeah, and I think it makes the difference between a, a good series and a great series is those detail shots. And also in video, it, uh, you know, instead there's voiceover and there's dialogue, right? Um, mm-hmm. So those that B-roll helps to move the story along without voiceover or dialogue. It's a visual mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the, the viewer is just interpreting what that is and kind of moving themselves along, but uh, certainly with the help of the director. Yeah, but, it, you know, and it's that concept of show, don't tell. <clears throat> You know, even when you're writing a script, even when you're like as a producer, I think about that stuff. Like instead of just being a talking head, people just, you know, they drift off. But if they're like, ah, that's the next piece, they're watching it. They're far more engaged. So, you know, see what you can show instead of just telling people about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, this was really great, Juliana. I really appreciate your time. Uh, What's next on your upcoming travel agenda? What do you have? going on yeah well i'm leaving on thursday for my uh cruise to alaska and uh then i'm back for two weeks and then i'm gonna have that 
that mad caper across Europe. And oh, I, I would true. love everybody to follow along and even vote. Everybody vote and vote well. Like, send me to good places. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that is going to be what we've been talking about. Like, that's going to be a mixture. You know, Alaska is probably going to be a lot of still photography and landscapes and hopefully some whales. And uh, my Facebook Live European adventure is going to be video, video, video and coming to you live. So, so, so where can people find that uh, and follow you on that adventure? So that one is on my Facebook page because it will be Facebook Live, and uh, that is Clever Dever Wherever on Facebook. Okay, we'll be sure and to have there. links to that. Yeah. yeah, and then also the Georgia tour that I'm still curating. I'm very excited about that because mine are very culturally immersive. So you will really get into the culture. You'll be in people's homes. You'll be you'll be learning all about the the food and the wine and the music and the just the history so anyone who's interested on that in that um, I can give you the link and right now I'm just sending out emails so it's kind of fun because I'm asking like would you rather do this or that and so I think everybody in the groups had a good time giving some input but dates will be announced soon so if you want first dibs because it's very limited seating um, I've got that coming up too great well, fantastic, and we'll make sure we got links to all the, the all those uh, those places in the show notes for sure. Uh, and your website is at uh, cleverdeverwherever.com. Correct. And, uh, excellent. Well, thanks very much, and thank you everyone for listening. And remember that you can follow me on all the social media platforms, both at Photo Enrichment and at Ralph Velasco. Uh, be sure to visit our website at photoenrichment.com to see about our upcoming tours and other announcements. Uh, briefly, my Copper Canyon trip is just about to sell out. I have just one or two spots left. And our India, Cambodia, and Vietnam trips uh, uh, trailing out the year still have some spaces available. So go to photoenrichment.com for that. And if you join my mailing list, you'll get my 101 Photography Tips ebook as a little bonus. Uh, finally, if you're interested in organizing and leading your own tours, please visit uh, tourorganizertraining.com. You can register for our next free webinar, and dates and other information are at that link. To find out about Ugo and follow him on all the social media ne networks, uh, simply Google him or go to ucphoto.me. Finally, uh, please be sure to put in a review of the show on iTunes and let us know if there's any other guests that you'd like to have us join. Um, this, of course, uh, helps us to be found by others if you put in that review. And remember, if you keep at it, you can't get worse at photography. Now, let's get out and shoot.